Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this week, we only have one basketball game. It's weird. We've played two every week for like two months now, and we finally have just one. Maybe maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, actually thinking about it. It's not been the hottest of streaks over the past couple of months for the Bulldogs. Uh, no. Yeah. Please make it stop. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that might be where I'm at, too. Yeah, I'm ready for Frisco at this point. Uh, again, we'll, we still have FAU on the schedule left. That'll be kind of fun to give them their first conference loss of the season. I swear to God, we probably will do it. We'll fuck around and do it. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> In Boca Raton, the one team that doesn't go to Boca to die will be this Bulldog basketball team. <laughs> But we're not there yet. We had a couple games this past week over UAB and UTSA. I say over. It was against. And we were definitely not over UAB as we ended up losing that game 65 to 59. Yeah. I mean, par for the course feels like feels like we haven't beat UAB in a while in basketball or anything, anything. I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, baseball. Beat them in baseball pretty good. Yeah, that's true. They suck. Hey, baseball season starts in like three weeks. Thank God. I never yeah, thought I'd hear those words come out of my mouth, but thank God that La Tech baseball is starting soon. I would say you're being specific about La Tech baseball, but I've been counting down the days until pitchers and catchers report to spring training and uh, the MLB level. I'm I'm happy to see any kind of baseball. The weather's starting to warm up in some places, definitely not in some <laughs> others. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not yeah. warming up up here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely not in Texas right now either, but up Texas. And on a separate subject, Nathan, out of all baseball, I would think that La Tech baseball would be at the top of your list of things you're most anticipating. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. But the pitchers and catchers don't work. There's a harder countdown to do. I guess. <laughs> when do, uh, you know, I'm not going to get on this. Isn't It's like in a couple of weeks. That's all I know. Yeah. And we'll preview some baseball stuff. That may be a good thing to talk about next week since we only have one basketball game to recap. So uh, doing our, our called shot about what we're doing on next week's episode now, I guess. But before we get there, before we get to baseball season, it is still basketball season. So let's go ahead and do this UAB game recap, even though I really kind of don't we want have to. to. Yeah, well, uh, it was a fun game, though, it, for the most part. It, yeah. well, maybe not fun. It was close. So let's let's jump into it. The first half went about as good as you could hope for for Tech against a very tough UAB team. From two minutes into the game, the Bulldogs held the lead all the way to halftime. But the Blazers didn't fall apart, not allowing the deficit ever to reach double digits against the Bulldogs. And going intermission, the Tech lead was 5, 30-25. Most of the success came with Isaiah Crawford on the bench, however. The junior forward picked up his second foul eight minutes into the game, and Coach Hester has been very good about benching people when they hit their second foul in the first half. But Crawford wasn't the only Bulldog that quickly found themselves in foul trouble once the second half got underway. Draven Magnum picked up his third foul eight seconds into the second half. Kobe picked up his second foul, then his third on back-to-back possessions. Mm. And then Isaiah Crawford picks up his third six seconds later. And four minutes into the second half, three Tech starters have three fouls. And coincidentally, maybe having something to do with that, one minute later, UAB takes their first lead since, again, two minutes into the game. Uh, Despite UAB shooting 38% from the field for the rest of the game, Tech wasn't able to take advantage because they only shot 32% over that same period, and Tech falls in Birmingham 59-65. to Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, last time we played them, it felt like they were calling everything at both ends of the floor. In this game, I mean, I'm looking back at our chat to to remember how I felt. 
time, but it was awful. Yeah, those back-to-back fouls you mentioned on Kobe, I mean, we all know how Kobe plays defense, and those were pretty much just classic plays from him where, you know, he's he's getting in the guy's face and reaching in, but, you know, nine times out of ten, that doesn't get called on him. He gets that sort of respect from the referees for being an all-conference defensive player, and they just called two of them in a row and gave him his second and third fouls. Uh, so we had to sit both Kobe and Isaiah Crawford before the 16-minute timeout in the second half, and... uh you're just not going to win many games when you're two, two of two of your best players are sitting on the bench for extended periods. Well, Tech had what, like 22 per, uh, personal fouls, not personal fouls, player like they had 22 yeah. uh, fouls, and UAB only had 11. So yeah, yeah, and, and I, mean, I don't usually like the argument of just comparing foul numbers because it's very possible Tech committed double the amount of flagrant acts that would it? be a foul. Uh, I don't think that's what happened here, but it's very possible that one team just ends up committing more fouls than the other. By T- 22 to 11, though, that's that's a lot. That's a big difference. And I think that shade kind of came across in uh, Kane McGuire's game recap post, uh, just finding things to point to. He mentions that UAB took 20 more free throw attempts, and wow. that's the largest differential in free throw attempts this season. I'm kind of oh, curious good. to go pretty far back. I'm curious how long it's been since the other team took 20 more free throws than ever. Yeah. I mean, the other thing I noticed though, really, I mean, maybe they weren't getting as many fouls called on them because we weren't able to get into the lane much. I remember the previous game earlier in January, they instituted this half court trap on us when Isaiah Crawford was on the bench. They just pretty much ran that the whole second half And it felt like our players were kind of waiting right after they crossed the half court line into the offensive side of the court, just waiting to get trapped and then trying to pass rather than like attacking it. And it it felt like we had no answer for it. We had no scheme drawn up to to answer to that. And like to Uh me, it was like deja vu from that previous game where they shut us down in the last five minutes of the game and and ultimately won it um, because of that. And that's kind of exactly what they were doing for most of the second half and we just we just had no answer for it and it was very frustrating to watch yeah uh you could have just ended with it well you did end with this you could have only said it was frustrating (laughs) to watch (laughs) yeah Yeah, and and that's true there was i guess a high note to take out of this game something that we can look back on with with fondness even if we want to forget the rest of the game so kobe williams scored a game high 21 points in this one this fourth straight game of 20 or more points. When do you mm. think the last Bulldog did that? Four games of 20 points in a row. Mm. Uh, 1837. Uh, <laughs> That's a good guess. You know, I don't, gave him my best. I don't you, know who, you can bet the over on that one, I think, Evan. But yeah, who would be? I'm trying to think who would be that consistent of a scorer. Because, like, obviously, Junior had 20 point games, but not like four games in a row, I wouldn't think. Junior um, was also an overrated merchant. Venice? No, that, that forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like Alex Hamilton earlier. Oh no, oh. Michael Kaiser earlier. Uh, Paul Millsap <laughs> later. It was 2009. It was Kyle oh, wow. Gibson. I remember that guy. I don't because I was yeah. not paying attention to tech basketball in 2009. Sounds like a bitch. The good old good old Carrie Rupp era. Oh no, uh, just. Kind of fun to see out of Kobe Williams. We talk about how much the fouls impacted this game, and they impacted him as well. 
but yet somehow he was able to make an impact in this game and score 20 points for the fourth straight time. Yeah, not bad. Are you ready to move over to the, the win game this week against UTSA? This is a very odd game. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> I mentioned <laughs> that that UAB game was fun to watch, even if it was frustrating at times with the fouls. This game I made me regret having eyes early on. <laughs> it was uh, it was it was not it was great. not very fun basketball. No, I, I, I regret having eyes. <laughs> yeah, it was a choice I made when I was young and <laughs> now I regret it. Ray Charles <laughs> has entered the chat. <laughs> All right, Ray Charles. Love you, Ray Charles. All right. Yeah. Quick game recap here. Uh, this was a low scoring game early, although not for a lack of trying. Uh, Tech started two for 16 and UTSA uh, was three for 19 uh, to open the game. Oh, yeah, it was. It was uh, at, I think you said at one point, both teams had what, five minute shooting droughts separately. Yes, there were 18 straight misses in a row. Uh, if you combine the two teams. As Ken McGuire, who I'll reference for the second time now, said in that <laughs> recap post, he said the score was stuck at five to four for almost six minutes. Uh, oh, I want to get off Mr. Bones' wild ride. Yeah, that's what I Ken regret Pum, having Ken eyes. Pum. I was not being hyperbolic. Ken Palm breaks down the scoring by quarters, even though, you know, it's two halves in men's basketball, but it's five to four in the first 10 minutes of the game. Uh, that's Q, Q1 says five to four. <laughs> preschooler game. Yeah, so then we're on pace, what, for a 25 to 20 game at the end of the game? 20 to 16, maybe? 20 to 16, yeah. Uh, just, uh. It's, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, luckily, though, the Bulldog offense showed up after, I guess, their tour of the Alamo finished, and they rattled <laughs> off a 15 to 2 lead, or sorry, a 15 to 2 run to head into intermission up 25 to 18. But then it's time to talk about fouls again. Isaiah Crawford picked up his second foul six seconds into the second half and then fouls on back-to-back possessions four minutes into the second half put him at four fouls for the night. Again, he gets to four really quickly, whether that's on him or something, but it's a problem. So he heads to the bench and the Roadrunners head to the basket. Six straight possessions with points by UTSA cuts the Tech lead to three, 38 to 35. Thanks to unlikely hero Caleb Stewart, Tech was able to build out 10-point leads a couple times, but UTSA kept eating into them. And with six and a half minutes left, it was time for Isaiah Crawford to re-enter the game. Uh, It was a good thing for the Bulldogs, because over the next three minutes, Crawford hits three twos and a three to give Tech their largest lead of the night, 62-50. to And that was a lead that proved to be insurmountable for the Roadrunners as the home team ends up falling to the Bulldogs for the sixth time in a row, 66 to 55. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dubs yeah, I one. mean, a dub is a dub. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy to see these two stat lines for Isaiah Crawford, like side by side. He played 24 minutes in this game due to foul trouble, but scored 19 points and had seven rebounds. Um, in the UAB game, he was basically completely absent. He scored nine points. He, he did have nine boards, but he played more minutes and had, you know, 10 fewer points in a game where we really, really needed him. Um, I guess we needed him in this game, too, because not many others were were making shots. But I don't know what's going on with Isaiah Crawford and the fouls. That's got to calm down before conference tournament time. Yeah, we can complain about the refs like we did against UAB, but the foul difference here wasn't anywhere near as drastic with both teams ending the night with nine fouls and four of those went to Crawford for tech. So only five fouls by any other bulldog and only Will Allen off the bench had multiple fouls. Yeah. 
seems like a pretty clean game. I guess nobody was making shots, so they didn't want to slow the game down even more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and one other thing I want to mention about this game that was frustrating me as a fan watching it, and it's something that, I mean, Evan, I'm, I know we did back in the Hoop Troop days, and and Matt, you may have joined in as well, and that's doing the fake shot clock. You know, mm-hmm. visiting team has the ball, and the shot clock's down to 10, so you start the countdown at, like, 6. I love that. And yeah. see if you can force them to make a fake shot, or... Not a fake shot. Make a real shot. Fake shot. With four seconds left. Imaginary shot. Into a shot when they still have four or five seconds left yeah. on the shot Keep clock. Pretend. Yeah, yeah, that's the idea. We fell for it four times. <laughs> <laughs> Just like panic through the ball. Oh, yeah. It, 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 the last one they made, which is, I guess, why they stopped doing it. That like Bulldogs made like a desperation three that ended up going in, but it was <laughs> insane. At some point, you have to know that the crowd at San Antonio is not going to give you an accurate shot clock reading. They're not there to help you. You have to realize and look up at the number to see. And maybe some of those shots, it didn't really matter. They just wanted to get the shot off then anyway. But it just seemed like every single time we fell for it. And that was four that I counted. I didn't like go back and rewatch to make sure I got them all. <laughs> uh, I'm worried about away games now because I don't know if visiting bands do like tape review of of opponents that are about to face, but that will get us every time. Well, yeah. I mean, hopefully they don't listen to this podcast because you oh, just shoot. gave them a, oh, no. you just oh, gave them a roadmap too. <laughs> That's how you beat us, even though we won this game. Yeah. Other than that, it was an ugly game, but it was a game we should have won. We end up winning by 11. So it's hard to complain too much about it, but I was really hoping going down the final stretch, I'd feel better about this team as we head into February and then March and Fresco and everything. But with that lost UAB where it felt like we weren't able to adapt to what beat us last time, and then the UTSA issues that we have, especially with Isaiah Crawford ending up in foul trouble, I'm in an uneasy spot moving forward. Yep. I mean, it feels like the same problems we've been having all season aren't really getting any better. You know, Isaiah Crawford's in foul trouble. Okay. It's, you know, both of these games, he ends up with four fouls. Yeah, we we just need more from him on a consistent basis, right? He's showing us that he can score and pull down boards, but we have a we have a two-headed monster in Kobe and Isaiah Crawford and they they just we need them both on every single game if we want to have a chance to win. Well, you said it well with consistency. It's it's just like yeah. it's lacked all year. We're getting closer and closer to March. It's going to be tournament time. I don't mean to jump all the way ahead to there, but it doesn't seem like a year where Tech's going to make a run. Now that I've said that, they'll win the whole thing, including the national championship. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, it's just a lack of consistency. Some things are great. Uh, I don't think the team is horrible. Uh, oh, no. Definitely heading in the right direction. No. Uh, but right now, it's just frustrating uh, that some little things are getting in the way of this team being really, really good. I think that's it. Going into a year, a new coach... Uh, losing junior, all of that. I mean, we talked before about how we should temper expectations and I'm not calling the season a loss by any means. No, It's just one of those things where you see the potential there in front of you. You see how close you are and you feel like you just need a couple little adjustments to break through and be a truly great conference USA team this year, which is saying something because conference USA is a very good conference this year in basketball. But because you're missing those couple of things, because Isaiah Crawford can't stay out of foul trouble and and three-point streakiness and having issues defending the three all year. And little things like that really add up. And that's why you have a losing record in conference right now. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. 
So, yeah, as we move forward to this Rice game that we hope we can win, it's at home and that always gives us an advantage. But Rice has been a hot team. Uh, It took us overtime to beat them last time, even though that was mostly due to a uh, not a buzzer beater, but whatever you want to call it. A near beater. Yes. Well, buzzer off. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Buzzer beater. That went in before the game ended. And that's all you can really say about it. But yeah, the rematch takes place on Thursday, February 2nd at 6 p.m. Central at the Tacker on ESPN+. Nice. So yeah. I, can delay, I can delay signing up for CUSA TV until baseball season starts is what you're telling oh, me. I, yeah, I, th- I think so. I'm trying to see. Do the Bulldogs have any more games on, on CUSA.TV? No, they do not. They have at right. Western Kentucky in a few weeks on <laughs> CBS Sports and then at Middle Tennessee on Stadium in late February. Yeah, I, I know we're previewing Rice basketball right now but those camera angles that they have for that baseball account that just got created like we need those on the broadcast please and not just the behind home plate like you know through the net kind of blurry feed that would be great if we had the center field and like dugout cam too which if they're operating those for practices you'd hope that maybe they'll be up for the games i don't know i mean it's wishful thinking but with the media rights deal moving to ESPN plus for things like baseball next year. Uh, you hope that maybe they do some dry runs this year, if, if nothing else and end up putting the better production on Kusa.tv, uh, Cause that will make that service. I would say actually worth it, but if it lets me watch tech baseball, I'll, I'll deal with a bad camera angle, but I'll be happier with a good one. <laughs> but yeah, so let's jump back. Let's talk about this rice game. Uh, like I said, Thursday, February 2nd, their last meeting was on January 5th, also a Thursday back in Houston. Since then, the Owls have lost to Middle Tennessee and UAB, but they have won the four games in between, including wins over UTEP, UTSA in overtime, North Texas on the road at the Super Pit, and Charlotte. Wow. So teams that we've lost to, right? I think we've lost to all of those teams except UTSA, right? Yes. I know we lost to Charlotte on the road by, by a small margin. North Texas, we lost by two, I think. Kind of blocked that one out of my memory since I was there. And then UTEP, I think we didn't we lose the one in December. We actually, yes, we lost in December, but one in January. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I can't, I can't figure out that 12 point win over North Texas and Denton. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, they've been a, a hot and cold team for a lot of the year. We, we previewed them already because we've played them already. But just to kind of go over it a little bit, they're a good shooting team uh, from shots from one point, two point or three point range. Uh, the weakness of this offense, though, is rebounds and turnovers, although the two teams are pretty evenly matched in both turnovers and rebounds in the January game. Uh, but Evan, what can you tell me about the defense? Yeah, I mean, defensively, this team's not great. They allow a good shooting percentage against in both uh, three-pointers and two-pointers. Uh, they don't give up a lot of free-throw attempts, though, um, so that's something to keep our eyes on. You know, we may end up with another discrepancy in that in that category like the UAB game last week, but I mean, they're just not very impressive defensively. They're sub 300 in blocks and steals. They don't really force a lot of turnovers um, outside of steals. So, I mean, tech should be able to keep it clean in this game and, and run their offense, um, you know, and, uh, and yeah, rice. Yeah. The only thing that is green on this chart is the free throws um, against yeah, and that's that always confuses me because how do you defend a free throw unless you're just talking about at yeah, home fourth, the crowd does well or something? Fourth in the nation in opponent free throw percentage against sixty four percent made. Yeah. So 
teams just I don't I don't know. That's weird. But they get yeah, distracted I mean, by Scott Para yeah, on the probably. bench, just LS, making owl noises. Yeah, LS dude just yelling who all the time. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the last matchup, like you said, Nathan, uh, I'll just go through a little bit of the stats here. Travis Evie. Uh, had 28 points in the game. Quincy Oliveri, who I believe is the one who made that sort of desperation three from half court, had 16. Outside of them, they had a guy, Cameron Sheffield, bring down 13 boards, but nobody really, really stood out. It was kind of a, you know, a two-pronged attack with Evie and Oliveri, and, and Max Fiedler had eight points um, and 14 rebounds, so I guess that's pretty good as well, as, along with six assists. So yeah, he was he was pretty involved. It was Travis Evie, by the way, that hit that three-pointer. Oh, okay. I just went back and double-checked that to make sure. Yeah, the Bulldogs had four in double figures with uh, Keiston leading the way. Or no, Keiston, Kobe Williams, and Kenny Hunter all had 18 points. So pretty good games from the role players there um, to sort of keep us keep us alive and, and keep us in it in, in overtime. Yeah, with how many two-point shots that Rice has given up so far this year, I'd Hope that Kenny Hunter can kind of have his way again on Thursday night uh, with this Rice team. But uh, man, shot nine for ten from the field. Yeah, what more could you want? I guess ten for ten <laughs> makes too much sense. But yeah, in terms of players to watch on this Rice team, I know Evan you just mentioned what they did in this past game. But uh, Matt, is there anyone on this team that you're a little more afraid of this go around? Uh, they're a pretty good team. Uh, they're really well balanced. What are those? Their record on the year is 15 and six, right? Yeah. Yes. So, and hey, we beat them. So that makes me feel good. <laughs> I think last time I said Max Fiedler. I, I'm sticking with it. Max is still leading the team in rebounds and assist, which I feel like is a very odd thing. Lead the team in rebounding and assists. So good for you, Max. I'm sticking with him. That's still my guy to watch out for. Yeah. And he currently is second place in the nation in terms of effective field goal percentage. Shooting seventy three point eight percent from the field, oh. and That's fifth best good. if he's is just like a two point shots because he did miss his three three points. Is there a minimum of shot attempts on that stat? Almost definitely, but I don't know where to look. Five shots, up. five shots, <laughs> a fireball. Yeah, Evan, oh, who no. do you who do you have on this? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Olivari, um, who I just mentioned. I mean, I'm looking at his production lately since the Tech game. He has only put up less than 20 points in one game. And that was their loss to UAB last week where he put up 18 of their 52 total points. Uh, So against UTEP 23, UTSA 30, North Texas 22, Charlotte 26 points. So um, he's going to be their scorer. He had 16 in our previous matchup, which is the lowest that he's had in the calendar year of our Lord 2023. So, (laughs) So Tech was able to to shut him down from the field last time. He he shot two for nine from two and three for nine from three, um, but still put up 16 points. So he finds a way to get his. And uh, yeah, I mean, th- this is a guy that's going to take a lot of shots and uh, makes most of them. Yeah. I mean, how can you not pick the guy who picks who scored 28 last time, though, in Travis Evie? That's uh, fair. Hit, hit that three pointer and everything. Things seem to go right for him. At least they did in January against the Bulldogs. So he's a guy that I have my eye on, and I always will because his last name is a Pokemon. So it's pretty hard to forget, even though it's spelled differently. Is it me too. Yeah, yeah yes, it's Travi. Yeah, Evie is actually a nickname, Travis and his real last Evie name Mewtwo, yes. is Mewtwo. Is it uh, <laughs> is it Charizard? That's yeah. No, actually, Mewtwo is also a nickname. It says right here. Are you, uh, odd that he has two of them. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, his last name is Charizard. Are you familiar with the daring sexual maneuver referred to as the Charizard? Oh, <laughs> I'm guessing no. <laughs> I think yes, actually, because I, I think I we've have, had this talk yeah, before, and I, I think I've had to edit it out before. Yeah, I'm not going. That's right, because I had to replace everything with bleeps. All I'm going to say is, is that it ends with the male uh, flapping his arms and pounding his chest, saying, you don't have enough badges to control me. <laughs> which is, which is which, uh, I'm a, any any right. sexual maneuver where it ends with a scripted line <laughs> is a good sexual maneuver oh man okay well we'll keep an eye out for all those players the charizard yeah the team of owls and the charizard i guess everyone flies in this scenario uh team up and end up not being predicted to win this game all three polls have tech winning in the predictions, Ken Palm gives Tech a 65% chance to win this game, a 77 to 73 final score predicted. Massey gives Tech a 71% chance to win this game, 78 to 71. And ESPN BPI gives Tech a 72.9% chance to win this game. So if you kind of average those out, that's a little over a two-thirds chance to win this game for the Bulldogs. Huh. Uh, what do you guys think, though? Well, I'm not one to make outrageous claims. Really? I'm going to go ahead and take Tech by 20. There you go. Uh, Yeah, I I think Tech wins this one. We're at home. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I'll say 82 to 73 Tech wins. I think we go to overtime again, and I think we win it. Uh, Just a control-C, control-V from last time. I don't think it's going to be a buzzer-beating shot that brings us there. But these two teams, I think, are, are good in a way that they match up interestingly tech struggles against a team like rice when they have players that go off we struggled with utsa early in the year when john bugs went off we have these issues at times with a particular player it was evie last time and it could be olivari this time who has been known to go off against opponents or or fiedler or or somebody so i i'm i'm worried that this will be a close game ends up going to overtime but tech has done well in overtime this year and so I I think they'll win this game as well. Bring it on. Yeah. Maybe they'll win in overtime by 20. I don't know. Million. 20 million or a millionth overtime. Last time we scored 19 in overtime against them. And then we also forced Western Kentucky to not score at all. So it's possible. All right. Yeah. If you just combine the two. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Texters didn't win their Thursday night game by 20, but they did pick up program victory 600 against UAB, a team oh. that. The Bulldogs home, home win, to... home win 600. Ah, that makes much more sense. Yeah. I hadn't done that like, math in my head, but it's like, really? Only 600 victories? Yeah, I've got and my we have those national victories. I've got my losing a tech thousand victories towel on the wall right here. Uh, 2011 is when we reached that milestone. So, and you know, they can't make towels for stats that aren't Boy, true. We hit a thousand victories 12 years ago, but only yeah. just now hit 600 home victories. That's how correct. the fuck does that? How does how's it? How does that work? I believe we're the we, third. I believe we're the third program ever to hit that 600 home victories mark as well. We were the we third. Half the games, actually, over half the games are on the road or at a neutral site. Gee, I guess I never really paid attention to the schedule. Yeah. I was going to say, gee, I'm like 12 years, 12 years after you hit a thousand, you just now hit 600 home wins. Well, let me tell you about the last 12 years of Texter well, basketball. <laughs> no, don't. please don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty interesting. They they put out that little graphic that had um, it was like a clock with all the different milestones. And 
for the first, um, you know, for 100, it had 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600. Each of those first, like, four was reached in, like, seven years. So it's kind of like, okay, yeah, we were going, you know, 25 and four or something like that the, those years. And uh, and so we reached the milestone of 100 home victories, you know, about every seven or eight seasons. And it uh, it slowed down considerably, I'll just say. <laughs> Um, after a certain event in the late 90s, early 2000s um, occurred. Hey, what was that? Y2K? Yes, Y2K ruined the Louisiana Tech women's basketball program. You heard it here Al first. Gore, Stupid freaking computers. Al Gore ruined <laughs> the La Tech women's basketball team. You see, if you, put a ladies t- if you put a ladies basketball program in lukewarm water and slowly <laughs> heat it up. <laughs> this has gone far enough. I don't think it's gone far. I'm putting a stop to this now. (laughs) Okay. All right. What's Uh, your transition, Matt? uh, 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 Well, um, did you know that Jesus was a Jew? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So program program victory 600 uh, at home uh, with a win over UAB. UAB jumped on top early, but the Texters came roaring back, building out to a 14-point lead midway through the third quarter. Uh, UAB did make a push late to make it a close game, but some good defense allowed the Texters to close it out 67 to 62. Yeah, and then uh, against the Roadrunners, it was early in the fourth quarter against UTSA that Tech held a seven-point lead, and things seemed to be going on the right track to pick up another victory. But it took 90 seconds after Tech built that seven-point lead for UTSA to wipe it out entirely. It ended up being a back-and-forth game late, but a missed Keanu Walker three-pointer at the buzzer doomed the Texters, who ended up falling 66-63. to uh, Yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, you can't lose to UT, uh, UTSA. They're we were their fifth win. Yeah, yeah they were 4-15 and 15 on, the, on the season heading into that game. Uh, this was also a home game. Could have picked up win number 601 there at home, but uh, yeah, decided to lose instead, and... That's kind of how the Texters seem to be these days. Well, yeah, we beat Rice back in early January. They're number 86 overall. And then we'll lose to number 247 UTSA um, also at home. But speaking of Rice, we play them again this week. As I mentioned, they're number 86 overall. Tech is about, I think they're 159 right now, 159. Yes. Uh, it's giving us a 32% chance to win and predicts Rice will come in and win or will go on the road at Rice and lose 70 to 63 on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central. So, yeah, hopefully that's not the case. Do you guys know uh, where Tech ranks on the list of winningest D1 women's basketball teams? We oh, were third five, when we hit that thousand. They victories. are fifth. Um, fifth. Okay. And they well, have 1,174 wins. Who who passed us? Uh, James James Madison. Okay. Stanford. The guy. It's not a woman. The fourth president. The father of the Constitution. <laughs> Have some respect. He's not the mother of the Constitution. He's your he's your father. Wait, I thought wait, I thought Jefferson was the father of the Constitution. No, that's the Declaration. Oh, on, okay. See, yeah. All right. Fucking imbecile. So uh, yeah, I, I was like, I can't actually say this because I know I'm wrong because this is two history majors. Yeah. But shout out James Madison, shortest president in history. Take a wild guess how tall he was. Two feet. Five foot two. Five foot four. Ooh. Yeah. So he was, he's a very short man. Oh, sorry. He had two feet. Um, 
Real real quick here, we've got some other sports to go through. This weekend, bowling had a rough weekend, which is kind of rare for us to say. They finished ninth at the Prairie View A&M Invitational. Coach Matt Nantes said, This event is definitely the hardest of the year. We had ups and downs, but overall did not bowl terribly. In this field, the luck of the draw is sometimes in your favor and sometimes it's not. So basically, we bowled okay. We just happened to bowl against teams that, you know, knocked down more pins in the games they, they played us. Tech was able to salvage that ninth place finish by going undefeated on Sunday. Yes, and then in, in track and field this week, the uh, men's and women's programs competed against the nation's best in Lubbock, uh, posting five more personal records. Um, some standout performances. I won't be as as long as Evan was last week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just kept yeah. reading. Um, Rodney Heath Jr. ran a 6.67 60-meter sprint, which got him a spot on the podium at third place. Heath is now ranked number 25 in the nation at the 60-meter sprint. Also, not 100% sure what this means because we only just started looking at track and field and trying to cover it, but the event squad... For the 60 meter sprint is now ranked 19th in the nation. Sure. Yeah. They is tweeted that, that out. And I was like, that sounds good. No, yeah. it's like, I think it's like the total average of their like different 60 meter runners. I don't know. Uh, they tweeted it out. It was a fancy graphic. It looked nice. So shout out those oh, guys okay. yeah. uh, on the, on the squad. And um, the graphics. So the, yeah. Uh, also, the tennis team's games were canceled last weekend. Don't know why, uh, but. Uh, we'll we'll look forward to their next match this weekend. Maybe they just didn't want to play tennis. Fair enough. I also did not play tennis this last weekend. So yeah, actually, now that I think about it, let me check my calendar. I also <laughs> did not play tennis this week. All right, then let's go to this week's Tweet of the Week. Evan, unless you have something better, what's this week's Tweet of the Week? Now, this one's funny. Um, it goes to Rapino Grigio, which is pretty funny, um, at That's Ballin'. Who says, my little sister sent me this from International Night at a Southern Miss basketball game, and I'm dying. And it's a video of, like, all these different students, like, standing on the court at halftime or during a timeout or something. They're all waving flags of different nations. <laughs> and then it zooms in. on it pans and zooms, which is yeah, even better. Pan, pan and zooms in on kid who I presume is from Australia uh, waving an Outback Steakhouse flag which is pretty funny <laughs> um, so yeah shout out shout out to to that uh, to that hilarious person and you know Southern Miss we rag on him a lot but that was pretty funny so good good stuff and he was holding a rag or sorry a flag so yeah it, it all tracks also if there's not going to be an Outback Bowl anymore I'm glad that they're getting their name out there somewhere. God bless the Duke's mayonnaise bowl. That too. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where you can go to the shop right now. This is an odd one because I don't think we've ever done this before. We're recording this on January 31st and it's coming out on February 1st. Which means that the shirt of the month is not one that Evan or Matt know about. Nice. Because it hasn't been posted. But it's a Lady Texters-themed national champion shirt that Ooh. you should get. Sounds cool. Ooh. Can't wait to see it. But yeah, gtpdd.doc slash shop. $25 gets you. I won't say it's the best shirt you'll ever have, but I will say it will be a shirt that you will have. So get it before the end of February. <laughs> whoa, whoa, it's a short whoa, month, so whoa. make sure you're on your Calm game. Calm down with the hard sell there. <laughs> 
So that's gtpdd.docslash.shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. Go tech. Please don't die. Woo woo. Last time I said Max Fiedler, um, I'm not sure who you guys are going with, but um, did you already say who you're going with? No, I was going to let you go first. That's good, because I kind of tune out when you guys talk. Um, so, um, 